podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Welcome to the Anfield Index Writers Podcast. I am Tom Holmes, and joining me as ever is Leanne Prescott. Leanne, how are you? Yeah, good. I haven't to pitch myself still about last night. Um, all feels a bit surreal to say Liverpool are in the Champions League final, but, you know, it's, it's a great feeling. It's an absolutely magical feeling. And joining myself and Leanne is Anfield Index writer Ash Hebbs. Ash, how are you, mate? Well, very well, thank you, Tom. Hello, Leanne. Yeah, good, good to be back on, guys, and, uh, yeah... Feeling very happy after last night. Relief just to finally make it through to the final. Um, but, you know, deservedly so. Yeah, absolutely. Deservedly so. And it's great to have you back on, mate. And we're going to start with your article. And we're going to shift gears a little bit from last night. And we're going to go and talk about the other big part of Liverpool's season that is still ongoing, which is, of course, the race to the top four. There are two games left. Liverpool need just one point. And you've written an article kind of discussing our fight for top four and how it's going and kind of uh, deep, dipping into our, our current options. So I'll let you uh, take it away, talk, tell us about your article and kind of get the, get the topic introduced. Okay, yeah, it's just a, a kind of response to sense of despondency among some fans, really, after the weekend's result. When Stoke nil nil at home, it's always going to be a disappointing result. But I think, you know, sometimes you, look, you have to look at the results in the context of kind of where they fall. Um, Stoke, you know, never that easy a team, you know. Um, make themselves hard to beat and had something to play for as well. Um, so it was always going to be a difficult difficult game for us. Um, and we, we, we had a number of players coming in through enforced rotation. Um, as I mentioned in the article as well, uh, we, our squad is quite light at the moment, so Klopp has to rotate out of necessity to keep his key players fit for you know the crucial games that lie ahead. So I think given the rotation, given the uh, opposition and what they had to play for, given that we're not necessarily firing on all cylinders at the moment, attacking-wise. I think it was, you know, it wasn't a bad result, let's say. Um, win would have been nice. Would have confirmed, would it have confirmed our top four place? It would have, wouldn't it? No, not yet. No, no, not quite yeah, yet. Yeah, it would have. Okay. I think it would have. No, it wouldn't. We are currently, what, we five points? We need three more points. We'd have needed one point against Brighton. We'd have needed oh, one point. Yeah, yeah. We'd have needed right. one point. In, we'd have oh, needed right, one yeah, point yeah. against Brighton instead of a instead of a, a win. Yeah, no, you're right. You're right, Tom. Yes, yes. So I mean, it would have put us pretty much there. Um, but actually, even even with the draw, my point was that you know we we need a a result against Brighton, which is you know we're more than capable of doing, um, and we, that will see us through. If we can get a draw against Chelsea on the weekend, even better, you know. So I mean, Chelsea. Chelsea will be up for it. They'll need to commit a bit more than usual uh, because we don't have to win that game. Um, and I think it just sets us up nicely for our counter-attacking play. You know, so we, for once, we can just let, you know, let them worry about taking the game and bringing the game to us. I mean, to be honest, knowing Conte, it's not going to be that open. I think they'll they'll kind of hedge their bets a bit and just try to snatch their chances and play for spells rather than really go for it. But even then, I think you know, with Van Dijk at the back and the back line looking. A bit more settled. I wouldn't say totally settled. I mean, going by last night, there was still a few problems. But um, I think it's almost a free pass, really, the Chelsea game. And uh, we, we should have more than enough to finish top four. 
given what we need to do and the results that we need to get to accomplish it. So I'm pretty relaxed at this stage. Yeah. Okay, I mean, I, I pretty much agree with everything you said there, and I pretty much agree with the article. So, um, Leanne, I'll let you sort of react first. Anything you wanted to pick up from the article or anything you, you immediately disagree with? Yeah, I, th- I think the article is really good, and it makes a lot of good points. Um, I think there is a, a need to state that the rotation we've had has been necessary, obviously, with games against Roma and, and against Man City. We've had to, to change the system domestically, and that's always going to result in a loss of momentum, a loss of fluidity between players who, you know, Danny Ings, he scored his first goal in, uh, I think it was since, what, September 2015 or something like that? Since, um, yeah, I think it was since uh, Brighton yeah. last game. Yeah, and then you've got players like uh, Moreno who had come back after a couple of months out. So, you know, that's always going to result in, in these, like, blips, if you like. But... You know, I think I think it's important to to reinforce and and to restate that Liverpool are still in control of their destiny when it comes to top four. Um, we need three more points now from two games. It's completely doable, and one of them's against a, a Brighton team who are very, you know, meh. They're they're not really going to challenge us. So, worst case scenario, we lose to Chelsea this weekend, and you know we're still in control. It's not ideal, and I can understand why people, you know, are saying, how have we gone from you know, seven points above Chelsea, I think we were at one stage, even ten, they had a game in hand. Um, so for, from that to a point where Chelsea beating us at the weekend puts it down to the final day isn't ideal in any scenario. Um, but yeah, it, it, it's still in our hands, it's in our destiny, and, and I think we'll be all right. Yeah, I mean, I pretty much agree, we should be fine. Um, and really, I mean, I mean, top four is is not not as important as... This is the Champions League. But if you look at our overall development, it is still a really, really important stage for us. Because, you know, if we're going to get to the Champions League final in our first season and the cup, the last thing we want to be doing is finding ourselves in a situation where we can't compete for that for that trophy again next year. Um, that would just be ludicrous, in my opinion. So, you know, we've got to go out and do what we've got to do. But I think we're in a situation where we've got lots and lots of players who are good enough to go out and cause Chelsea a lot of problems. I don't think this Chelsea side are anything particularly special. I think their form against decent teams kind of un- kind of underlines that really they aren't going to offer too much to kind of worry us, if that makes sense. Um, so the first thing I really wanted to pick out from your article, Ash, is the section where you talk about uh, sharpness and match sharpness in general. Um, and how, how important do you think that's going to be again at the weekend? And is that one of the reasons that you feel as though the Brighton game maybe is an easier hit in the sense we might have match sharpness against Brighton, whereas we might not at the weekend. Yeah, it's a good point, Tom. I think uh, it's difficult to tell really how much the players exerted last night, but it looked like they were really, you know, um, trying hard and working quite hard. Um, but I'm still unconvinced. I mean, we were talking about this before the show, but um, I'm not sure how to assess last night's result. Really, were we were we kind of playing within ourselves to an extent, or were we, you know, was it just you know, did Roma run us ragged towards the end? And really, you know, the lack of keep ball at times is quite grueling, as we've seen in the past. Um, so I think there'll probably be a bit more rotation on the weekend against Chelsea. I don't think I'll... I think given the squad's so thin, um, and that's something I touched on in the article, and it's as thin as it could get right now. I mean, you know, we can't really afford an injury in midfield, I don't think, at this stage. Uh, certainly top, top three, yeah, front three. Um, with, with thinly stretched there, although Ings has been giving his all when he's been coming in and, 
you know, hasn't been brilliant, but he's been getting into goal scoring opportunity, uh, goal scoring situations, which is a positive, I guess. Um, but no, I think we're not, we're not, I think to play someone like Chelsea and, you know, really do ourselves justice, we need to be at our peak sharpness, really. Um, and I don't think we're quite there just because of the number of minutes that a number of players have had and the lack of rest time certain players have had because of the other injuries and so forth. Um, so it's a tricky one, tricky one. I don't think we're going to be 100% physically against Chelsea. Do we need to be? That's, I think it's just down to how we manage the game and how well we keep the ball. I think the pattern I've spotted in recent games is we, we sacrificed a lot of the ball. Um, and I don't think we're best equipped to play that way. I think we're better when we uh, we do have a bit of space and time. Although we, we don't necessarily break down the park bus, for example, uh, as well as we might like to. Um, I think we can just pace ourselves better with, with football, obviously, and we can control the tempo a bit better when we have more of the ball. Uh, you'd expect us to have more of the ball against Chelsea, which is good. I don't think they'll they'll come out all guns blazing. I think they'll, they'll pick their moments, um, as I spoke about earlier. But I think it's just about being able to rest on the ball at the right times and I think, you know, hopefully the players won't be too pressurised into trying to do too much against Chelsea and, you know, almost beating them at their own game, really. And, you know, we, we choose to pick our moments, um, when to really, uh, go for it. And we've seen in the Champions League, you know, when we, we, when we pick our moments and really excel in those moments, you know, we can be pretty unstoppable. And all, all it takes for this team is, you know, really good 20 minutes and really you can, uh, you can influence the game and, and win the game in a really good 20 minute spell. So, yeah, I think, I think Klopp's got options to, uh, depending on what, what game plan he goes for. I think he'll just stick to the usual game plan, to be honest. Just try and be as proactive as we can be. Um, but I think, I think it's one of those where we just need to be clinical. You know, when we, when the chances do present themselves. I think we've had a couple of games now, you know, Stoke. Mo Salah had that miss. That we really should have put away. And if he stuck that away, you know, it could have been a very different game. Against Roma as well, we had a number of counter-attacking opportunities and didn't really make the most of those. So I think against Chelsea, we won't make too much. Uh, or certainly we won't create a huge amount. But when we do, we need to just make sure we're, we're clinical. Nothing then, you know, if we're clinical, uh, the physical issues shouldn't be too much of an issue, really. Yeah, I think we, I think what's important for me is we need to, we need to start the way we did against Stoke and the way we did against uh, Roma in both legs, we need to be fast at it. We need to be we need to be winning this game in the first 20, 30 minutes. Maybe. Because, I mean, this is something that Dan Kennett's been talking about. Not just games. We've been winning all three of our Champions League ties. We're not just one in the first leg. They were pretty much one in the first half. Um, you know, the City game, we, we three goals inside half an hour. The Porto game, we just blitzkrieg them in the first half. Roma again just, you know, destroyed in the first half. So it's it's very much a case that we basically took the games to the teams in the first half hour. And this is something, well, especially because the way we've been flagging late in games, and we really have been flagging late in games, I think someone pointed out, first 75 minutes of those four games, we've won 9-2. But in the last 15 minutes of those last four games, we've shipped six goals. So ship six goals in the last 15 minutes of those last four games without reply is not good enough. And if we do that against Chelsea, we are going to run into trouble. We can't, we have to be winning the game at the 75, 80 minute mark. Because if we flag again and Chelsea grab a couple of late goals, we could be in, we could be in trouble. Um, 
I think one thing that is important against Chelsea is how is how Klopp rotates because this rotation obviously has its has its pros and its cons, and whether or not we can afford to rotate at this stage is the big question. So that's what I want to ask you, Leanne. How do you see the team shaping up against Chelsea? Do you see much rotation? Do you see Klopp going full strength as much as he can? Because I think that's what we saw against Bournemouth, and I think one thing we have kind of seen is that when uh, after the, after the Champions League games, as long as there isn't one. Next week, Cop will go at it as full throttle as he can. So, is that something you see happening again? Yeah, I do. Um, I, th- I think it's important to know the lack of options as well. It's not like we've got Liverpool. They're not like Man City. They don't have the likes of Bernardo Silva sitting on the bench, Gabriel Jesus too. So, it's tough to see what Klopp can do, not what he will do. Um, <clears throat> you know, maybe he looks to bring in Danny Ings, um, partner him alongside Roberto Firmino, which we've seen a couple of times in recent weeks. Um, and, and Sadio Mane could drop, drop to the bench because he, he was one of our top players against Roma and he's obviously going to have used up a lot of energy in that type of game. So, you know, maybe, maybe he goes down to the bench, but the midfield three, as I said, picks itself. Um, defensively, I don't think Klopp would change it. I think right now what we need defensively is, is momentum, is that cohesion just to keep improving the partnerships between Lovren and Van Dyke. Um, so I don't, I don't expect any changes there. And obviously, Carrius doing a good job in goal. No need to rotate a, a goalkeeper. Um, so yeah, I expect us to be pretty full strength. The only change, as I said, being potentially Danny Ings coming in. He's a good workhorse up front. Partnering Firmino would still give us a lot of attacking options as well. And then we can bring Mane on later on if the game's not really going our way. But, um, yeah, you both made some really good points. And I think it, it, it is really important that we start this game well. And, and for that reason, I do think Klopp will go full strength if he can, depending on you know anyone picking up any needless injuries in training or anything. Um, and also, we've got what a week then to recover for for Brighton, so at least there's a little bit of time there to rest the legs again. So yeah, I, I expect um, it to be a relatively unchanged side. The, the leaked teams on Twitter won't get many retweets because it's sort of the expected eleven in many ways. Yeah, I mean, it's like last night, for example, everyone knew what the team was going to be last night. We've known what the team was going to be for last night for about a week. Um, so, um, so I shall go back to you now. Uh, I want to shift gears slightly. How important is top four for you? Over, maybe not necessarily how important is it to beat Chelsea, but how important is it to, for, for us to wrap up top four across these two games against Brighton and Chelsea? I mean... Uh, yeah, I suppose that's the question, isn't it? How important is it? Because obviously top four has been very much the kind of, for the last few weeks certainly, has been the kind of the secondary focus because obviously everyone's been so hyped on this Champions League trail. And also partly that's down to the fact that top four has been pretty much in the bag for a few weeks now. But how much of that do you think is a factor? And how important is it, do you feel, we get this done? Massively important, Tom, massively important. I mean, it's frightening to think that we might not even do it. I mean, we, we will do it. I'm pretty certain of that. But I think it's your question is kind of why fans are getting a bit, bit nervous about it. I mean, we looked bang on to do it a couple of weeks ago, didn't we? It looked so so clear cut. And I, I thought personally that we would wrap it up by Stoke by the end of the Stoke game. I thought um, we would have wrapped up top four. So to not have done that, I think that's that's what's causing the frustration. Um, but you know, we, 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 we're, we're well equipped to do so. I mean, I think from Klopp's point of view, hopefully, what he'll be thinking is. Let's just get it done ASAP. You know, let, let's take the opportunity. Chelsea have to come out. They need a result. Let's capitalise on that. And, you know, let's really, 
when he hasn't got a huge amount of preparation time, obviously, um, you know, given the midweek game. But I think, you know, he'll be looking at, you know, haven't I heard Chelsea really, really going for this one? And obviously, depending on the score and what was happening in the game, he might decide, okay, if he can, if he can, you know, if it's not worth it, we're two, three nil down. He might actually think, okay, you know, I'll just, um, take some players off and save them for Brighton. But I think, you know, in his mind, he'll be thinking, it's a real opportunity to, to wrap it up before the Brighton game. It, you know, nobody wants to go into that Brighton game. I mean, as beatable as they are, you know, it's going to be nerve wracking. Everyone can cast their memories back to Middlesbrough last season, that final game. You don't want to be going into the final game. Um, not so much for rotation issues. I mean, you know, it'd be nice to rest a few players for, for Brighton, but actually, given it's what, a couple of weeks, is it, before the Champions League final? So, um, yeah, I think, in a way, I, I mean, I don't know if the stats back this up, but it seems that when we have long breaks between games, we don't tend to always, uh, you know, after we've had a break, it doesn't always feel as if we, um, we're in top gear. Once we, you know, there's always a bit of rustiness. I mean, I'm thinking of the Swansea game in particular where we just came back. We had plenty of rest time and we'd have had a really grueling fix to schedule when everyone was saying, okay, finally, you know, before Swansea, we get to rest. Klopp gets to, you know, work some magic on the training ground and so on. And then with that, that Swansea away game, we just looked totally flat. Didn't really, you know, ever seem at it. Um, so, so in a funny kind of way, I think it's no bad thing that we're pushed to the wire, you know, because I think that sharpness and that, that game sharpness is quite important before the Madrid game. Um, and I think before a massive cup final, the danger is that you start resting everybody. And then once the players turn up for, for match day in the final, they're not quite at it again. So um, I think it's no bad thing that the players stay sharp, potentially, you know, if it goes to the Brighton game. But I mean, A, I think we'll do it. Uh, but B, if we miss out on top four, I don't think the consequences bear thinking about. I think it's going to be a massive, massive blow for the kind of medium-term aspirations of the club, um, just in terms of the calibre player that we can attract in the summer. On Manchester United, yes, people point to Manchester United, but Manchester United can pay crazy amounts of money to sit, even if it's to sit on their bench. So, um, you know, for players that are motivated by money, even if Man United are out the top four, um, doesn't really matter because they're not going to get that kind of payday anywhere else. And nobody's going to be crazy to... Uh, to pay that kind of money anyway. You know, I'm thinking of Sanchez is a good example there. Um, but also, you know, for players like Mo Salah, um, obviously the big boys will come in for him this summer. And if we miss out on top four, and if I'm Mo Salah, I'm going to be thinking, well, you know, how long is it going to take before I'm really challenging for top honours? So, I mean, yes, obviously he'll have had a Champions League final and hopefully a Champions League winner's medal, but you would have doubts. I mean, Okay, we, if we win the Champions League, you know, he's got it on his CV now. Um, does he need to stick around? It's all these uncomfortable questions. I mean, I'm not saying most Salah is going to be some kind of mercenary, you know, leave at the drop of a hat. But at the end of the day, you know, players' career is very short. And if his aspiration in his dream is to play at the very top level, then I'm afraid, you know, sadly, Liverpool aren't quite at the top level just yet. They're missing out on top four will only just... Um, worse in that situation certainly in my mind so uh, I think it's going to be a massive blow and I think you know recent developments in terms of you know Buvac is potentially leaving now you know he's an integral part of Klopp's team um, 
you've got that speculation over Salah, for example. Um, Mi Chan might be might be leaving, or probably will be leaving. Um, so lots of lots of uh, holes to fill, really, and it's easier said than done. It's fine to say, okay, we're going to get good money, whatever. Or in Chan's case, obviously, we won't be getting any money, but um, it's easy to assume, okay, the transfer committee have done a good job so far, but it's not always easy, and I think they've been. I think it's 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 certainly judgment. It's not actually uh, lucky. I don't think they've got lucky. They have done a good job, and it's been a very focused job and a very picky job about who they bring in. Um, but you know, there will be some transfer failures as well. You know, so um, for me, the, the important thing is to keep this group together as long as possible, uh, for as long as we can, uh, and grow and improve as a team. So um, I think missing out on top four potentially jeopardises that a lot. Yeah, I agree completely. I think um, I've always been a big advocate of getting to top four and how crucial it is in terms of Klopp's long-term projects at Liverpool. You know, you you need to be able to say to players and prospective players that we are in the Champions League. Okay, we're in the final now. You know, that's that is terrific. Really, really happy we're there. But if we can't back that up with a top four finish and have that consistency back in Europe, that's obviously going to have huge implications for the current players, for our transfer policy, and, and um, financially as well. I know Hamza, the writer we have on here often, um, is very good at that financial side of things, and he's always emphasised the, the need to get top four uh, and how good that is in terms of you know financing. So there's a lot of different aspects to top four, not just sort of we, we were in a good position and if we throw it away now, it's a little bit embarrassing type, type thing. But you know, as we've all said, it's pretty likely Liverpool will do it. It would have to take, you know, something very, very special from Brighton and Chelsea to to stop us from doing it. But I was there at the the Borough game last season on the last day, and there was a collective, you know, stress about the place before we scored that first, that first goal, and then just the the release of tension and the, you know, the the fear that we might not actually get over the line and get top four. So everyone wants to see us do it. It is really, really important in terms of the the project and. Showing people across Europe that, that we are back consistently, not just for one season. I mean, and as you say, Ash, it's really important to keep players like Mohamed Salah and Sadio Mane who want to be playing up with the very best. You guys are really not that confident we'll be Real Madrid, are you? <laughs> no, no I, I, I'm just saying that if, if, if we don't, you know, we don't want to be in a position where we're not in top four, but we were in the, the Champions League final. No, I agree. But equally, if we win the Champions League final, it makes top four irrelevant. Yeah. So it's just... When know. when we win the Champions League final. Exactly. <laughs> so it, make, it makes top four irrelevant. No, no, I, no, I completely get what both of you are saying. I mean, I mean, I agree. For us to throw away top four at this stage of the season would be a bit of a disaster. Especially since, as I say, you know, what's the point in being in the Champions League if you're... What's the point in being in the Champions League final if you then don't go and back it up with a Champions League performance next year? You know, it, it, would, be, it would be atrocious. I think we'll both bang on if we... It's one thing to get to cup, major cup finals. We need to back that up with a consistent league performance and start to show that we are not just a top four side in, in England. We are a top four side in Europe, and the only way to do that is to consistently be in the Champions League. Uh, I'm not. I mean, I'm, I'm personally not worried that we will throw it away, but it is obviously an interesting hypothetical question. Um, so I think we'll move on, unless either of you have anything that you want to add on this topic. Otherwise, we can move on to talk about depth. Yeah. So Tom, you've written a really good article on squad depth itself, and. There has been a, we've sort of touched on it briefly, I mean, Ash's article, but there has been a, a prevailing thought of, does this Liverpool team lack a lot of depth and, and does it have the necessary depth to deal with domestic competitions 
domestic league um, games as well as the Champions League, and, you know, looking ahead to that final. Um, so, you know, introduce your piece, tell us your thoughts on on the issue, and I think you're you're very much of the stance that it's it's slightly over over analysed this idea of not having enough depth. Yeah, I mean, it's an interesting one. I think my article is my article is called "I think that um, Liverpool squad depth issues are being overstated" because I think they are. I think a lot of people seem to think we have no squad depth whatsoever. We've got eleven players out there, and that's 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 it. Do you know what I mean? We haven't got any rotation options whatsoever, and I don't think that's necessarily true. I think I think a lot of the issues are being overstated because of a few reasons. I think the first thing to note is that a lot of our injuries are clustered. Um, if we're not missing three central midfielders, the fact that we have six central midfielders. I mean, six central midfielders is more than enough. I, there, there isn't, name me a top six side that has seven genuinely quality central midfield players, because I don't think you can. Man, like, you take three three central midfielders off Man City. You take David Silva, Gundogan, um, and Fernandinho out of them. They've got De Bruyne and maybe, what, Delphine Yoyotore. Delphine Yoyotore, all right, but... You know, if, if you offer me Delphi Ayotore and De Bruyne versus Hendo, uh, Genie and Milner, I don't think it's as straightforward as some people are making it out to be. So, my, yeah, my point is just that the fact that our injuries are clustered around the midfield kind of makes our midfield depth look a lot worse than it is when realistically six central midfielders, six central midfielders are good enough to start for a team in the top four is a good amount of central midfielders. Defensively, I don't think we have any depth issues whatsoever. Defensively, I think, you know, we could comfortably make three or four we can make four changes to our back four for the Chelsea game and it would be fine. Moreno Moreno, Clavan, Gomez and Klein is not a bad back four. That's you know, that's not horrendous considering some of the back fours we've had over the last few years. So I do think defensively we're fine in terms of depth. Midfield, I think it's just being just a case of injuries. And obviously in attack we obviously do have issues. We've only really got Ings Solanke. So obviously the, there is a big step down in quality in terms of attack and I think that's kind of part of the issue so many people think that because because in many respects our attack is such a huge part of what we do that for many people if we don't have anyone who can replace Sadio Mane or Mo Salah then we don't have any depth which I just think is a false equivalence um, I think the other thing that I think is kind of being overstated is I think a lot of people kind of think that in our depth has caused us a lot of problems as we've attempted to balance top four and um, Champions League which I don't think is fair either I think if you look at the games that we've dropped points in because of um, rotation, or the, well, because of rotation in inverted commas, the, the Everton one, yeah, all right, that is one where we kind of did have, um, have, have, we did drop points there because of rotation. But you look at the, the amount of injuries we had, we had more than just three or four injuries. We had about, what, six, seven, eight players who couldn't make that starting level because of injury. That's not necessarily a depth crisis, that's an injury crisis. That's if you're missing, you know, Three or four cent. I think we we were missing like three or four central midfielders. We were missing Salah. We were missing Robbo. We were missing Treads. We were missing a lot of players. Who, so you know, if, if we get to that stage, and yeah, of course we're going to be Sean. Um, I think we did we did suffer that day. Um, but then against West Brom, for example, I don't think that's necessarily the fault of rotation because Danny Ings scored in that game and Salah scored as well, and we were two 0 up with ten minutes to go. That was a combination of factors. I don't think that was necessarily rotation. I think it was more. A case of the fact that the players who came in, Gomez, Moreno, as you say, they were struggling with long-term injuries. So I think that's more just the lack of game time for certain players rather than a rotation issue. I don't, or rather, I don't think that's a depth issue because I think if you said, if you asked, said to most people, would you be happy with Moreno and Gomez as our backup fullbacks next season? Most people would be fine with that. And yet they're the reason that we lost that game. 
So well, drew that game. Sorry. So you know what I mean. It's kind of a kind of a sticky issue. And then against Stoke, I don't think we drew that game because of rotation. I don't think we did. We did. We, we drew that game because our best player missed the setter. It, it's that straightforward, really, isn't it? Like there are reasons that we didn't beat Stoke, but I don't think they entirely fall on we didn't have enough quality to play rotation. And I do think having someone. Look at it this way. I do think there are areas in the squad that need improvement. For example, I think we do need another backup attacker. And in a, I think we need at least one or two players who can play in that front three without dropping the quality. Um, and it, it doesn't help that of our midfield options, actually, two out of the three midfielders that we've had injured are players who could play in the front three. So I don't think that helps the attacking depth either. But what I will say is I don't think we need more midfielders and more defenders. I think we need to improve the starting eleven in those areas, not by more rotation options. So I think when people talk about depth, I think a lot of it is down to injuries, in, like the placement of injuries rather than the number of injuries. And I think a lot of it is that because our attack is so important to us, I think people are confusing not having any attacking depth with not having any depth, period. And that's basically my thoughts on the matter. Uh, Ash, I'll go to you first. Um, you know, what, what do you think of this issue of depth and, and a potential over-reliance on the front three especially? You're looking at, as Tom said, a, a big drop-off in quality between the likes of Danny Ings and Dominic Solanke to what... what Roberto Firmino brings to what Salah brings it and Mane too. So, you know, of course, especially in Firmino's case, it's very, very hard to find someone that brings what Firmino does to the pitch. Um, but midfield, okay, I, t- I take the point about um, injuries and I think that's a very, very valid point. Um, defensively, you know, there are a couple of people that would say, have we got enough? Have we got what it takes? Um, but Again, Tom makes a really, really important distinction in his article about quality and actual depth. Centre-backs, we have a lot of them. There's a lot of options, but the issue comes down to, to their quality. So what are your thoughts on the depth issue, and, and do you think it is an issue, or is it a case of you know, accepting we need a bigger squad, but actually it's it's being piled on and, and made such a big deal out of because of, of, of a quality issue? Yeah, some really good points there, Leanne, actually. And uh, I think, first of all, when we're talking about squad depth, we just need to remember, or, you know, some certain parts of the fan base just need to remember that actually, you know, we're not Man U, we're not Man City, we're not Chelsea. You know, we, we have finite funds, you know, to spend and uh, we can't we can't spend in the same way as those guys because to have a really quality squad, you need quality backup uh, players in uh, in backup positions. And they're going to cost you a lot of money, uh, money we simply can't afford. Um, so we're never going to be able to compete on a like-for-like basis with these squad, uh, these teams. Um, but but what we can do is have competent backups, you know, that aren't on crazy money. And I think that's that's what Klopp's tried to do with this squad. You know, Tom's Tom's piece was really good because it just kind of emphasises when you look at the number of injuries we've had. You know, um, well, let's start with the front three, for example. You know, you made a good point about Firmino, and it's going to be very difficult to find a, a Firmino light in reality. You know, it's just very, very difficult to find. I mean, he's such a unique player. You know, you won't find a Bobby Firmino anywhere. Um, so you need to be a bit more creative, you know, in terms of how you sort of flesh out, flesh out the squad. Um, now, you know, Daniel Sturridge wanted game time, and with his injury record, you know, we can't guarantee that he would have, uh, well, we've seen it, haven't we? You're already with, uh, with West Brom, he's injured again. So um, I think, you know, past a certain point, we could never rely on Daniel Sturridge. So whether we kept him or not, I think it's irrelevant because, you know, you just cannot plan around a guy that's so injury prone. And obviously, you know, it's not his fault. You know, it's just just bad luck for him, unfortunately. 
so, so I think getting rid of him made, made sense. Although it didn't make as much sense, you know, having lost Coutinho as well. But I think it's one of those things we saw in January. You know, Klopp wants fully committed players, players that are happy and not bringing the uh, the vibe around the squad down. So, um, you know, he works in a specific kind of way. Um, he's very much about the group and team building and a positive team spirit, all that sort of stuff. So I think uh, you have to recognise with such a philosophy, he has to make certain sacrifices as well, if it means letting unhappy players go. Um, so it's, I'm not sure how we've ended up in the mess we have in terms of the, the backup for the for the front three, but I think probably you know you could you could justify it just by saying that we can't spend crazy money, so it's very difficult to convince players. You know, when you look at how good the front three have been this season um, and how much of a burden they've taken since we lost Coutinho, you know they've compensated for Coutinho's absence in a big way, and I think they've covered up a lot for the midfield deficiencies which I'm always talking about and I I know it sounds like a broken record but you know our midfield just isn't good enough and we're seeing that time and time again in this inability to hold on to leads the inability to just keep the ball and kill the game Uh, we just can't do it we don't have the players able to do so Uh, yes sometimes we can grind out the result you know we did it against Man City but it's backs to the wall stuff and sooner or later that approach isn't sustainable it might work on the you know where the players are really motivated, really fitter than the other opposition. But we've seen in recent games, West Brom, we've seen, and we, we almost threw it away against Stoke. You know, there's a chance towards the end where, we, we, you know, Van Dyke just didn't get tight enough on uh, Duf, I think it was. And he almost kind of clipped it into the corner of late on there. Um, but against Roma last night as well, you know, if that game goes on for another five minutes, say, you know, you're probably looking at a Roma comeback and Roma making the final. So, once we lose our heads, we lose our heads. We, we, we haven't got the composure. You know, we've got, we've got the players that when the game's going well and, you know, it's fast and frenetic and we're able to press and, you know, put pressure on the opposition team, you know, when they're trying to play. We're great at that. But when we, we have to just see out the game, pick the right pass, you know, we saw it last night, just, just constantly rushing forward, you know, there's this, this rushing and, um, lack of composure on the ball from midfield. It's just kind of getting forward to Salah get it forward to Mane without any real thought in terms of build-up play and just kind of progressing up the field slowly. And that's why, you know, that kind of approach, that's why we came into so much pressure last night because um, obviously, you know, you release the ball quickly. Players haven't had time to transition into the right positions and there's a massive gap between the attack and the defence. And then Roma were just, just, you know, cutting through us at will at times, you know. So uh, certainly I think uh, the front three have compensated a lot for our midfield. Our midfield leaves a lot to be desired. Um, and I think in a way you can understand then Klopp, okay, how is he going to kind of get quality front, you know, back up to the front three when it's very difficult to actually uh, drop the front three. Um, so I think I could kind of understand how we ended up in that situation, although it just doesn't make sense logically why a club like Liverpool should end up so short come this stage of the season. But thankfully, you know, we've been fortunate with injuries, you know, and hopefully that continues. So, uh, yeah, that covers the front three. Midfield, I think we've seen, you know, Considering all the injuries we've had, we've not done too badly. So we've got competent players in there that can do a job, but they're not the players. You know, it's back to this point you made, Leanna, about the quality. Yes, we've got the depth, but we probably don't have the quality and the consistency of performance to get the kind of wins, you know, against West Brom, against Stoke. Um, obviously, there were mitigating circumstances, but 
I think, you know, you can say that of every team, when you look at the number of draws we've had this season, I think, you know, it's, there's a glaring weakness in that midfield and our ability to either manage a game and, you know, make sure we get the three points or to actually have the creativity and the, uh, you know, creativity, you know, you talk about creativity and it's, it's different things really. I mean, you can have the ball and do nothing with it, but you can have the ball and you look at Man City, the perfect example, but just, they just grind you down. Just, you, you know, you constantly have to, you're concentrating the whole time. If you're an opposition defender, you know, they're, they're dragging you everywhere. You have to cover players. One player sort of drives forward. Someone else replaces his position. You know, that whole positional play, you're constantly on edge defensively against a team like Man City. We don't have that guile in tight spaces to really move teams around in the same way. And, you know, we're not Man City anyway, so, you know, we do play slightly differently. But I think that the point still stands that we don't use the ball well enough or we don't have competent enough ball players when the onus is on us to either control the game or take the game to the other team. Um, and that, I think that's where we fall short. Um, so, we, yes, we create chances in certain games, but I don't think we're constantly working the, def- the opposition defence enough in terms of, you know, just timing them out mentally as well as physically. Um, and I think that's where we've fallen short. But all the same, I think, you know, Tom's, Tom's point about the, the numbers, I think certainly we've shown, you know, even despite the loss of Chan, despite the loss of Coutinho, Lalana as well, you know, we're still grinding out results. So, um, things aren't all that bad either. Um, I think it's probably more a question of to get to the next level now. We need to upgrade on some of these players. And what will happen is obviously some players will be leaving in the summer. Um, and then what we'll do is we'll buy hopefully better quality replacements which was Tom's point in his article. But what naturally happens then is that the players that were in the first team, I'm thinking of someone like Jordan Henderson as the number six, when ideally none of us would play Jordan Henderson out of choice as a number six in our team. I think he's doing a job out of necessity. But I think Klopp, you know, Klopp does see these things because the way he spoke after the game last night and the way he does speak about games when he's analysing them, it's clear to see that he sees where the problems are, are uh, but it's also very easy to say, OK, well, we need a new player now, but to find a player that's better on the ball, but also presses like Henderson, that's a very, very difficult thing to do. Um, and, you know, it's going to cost a lot of money, and the players that are that good will probably not join Liverpool anyway, if there's bidders like Man United, Man City, Chelsea, you know, um, in the bidding as well. So it's a very difficult one. Um, so I think we do need to improve overall. Um, obviously, we've spoken about the defence at length, in the past, you know, there's there's work to do there, but um, I think I think it's been no bad thing that certain players like Milner, for example, you know, we, he's on a lot of wages, you know, a lot of money, big wages, but it's he's shown that you know he is worth having in the squad. You know, as a squad player, he's fine. As a starter, I probably wouldn't want James Milner in my starting midfield next season if we're talking about becoming title contenders. And you know, from my point of view, I, I'm, I always look at things about okay, how far are we are we away from being a title contender and I want to see us get you know get to the level where we are genuine title contenders as soon as possible I mean you know that's that's just a fan in me but um, I think when all said and done you know we've drawn 12 league games this season and that's way too many you know we've got a significant improvement to do to really get to the type kind of um, you know I mean at this stage of you know at this stage we're, we're going to be we're, we're going to do well to win the same number of games we did last season. I think last season we won 22 league games. This season, you know, the maximum we can do is 22, and we probably won't win win both games. Um, so I think, 
Yeah. Um, you've got to look at it in terms of wins. We've got to mm-hmm. look at how do we improve this team to get more wins, get closer to 30 wins a season. And that's where we'll be kind of, you know, in the title talk. So. And I think, um, you know, we, we've obviously getting to the start of this, uh, near the end of the season and the start of the transfer window rumours and your ITKs and your, you know, every five minutes there's a new player linked with the club and that will obviously be a factor in terms of, um, issues with depth. We're, we're obviously going to delve into the market this summer with people leaving and, you know, coming and going and, a lot of names have been spouted about already. You've got Ruben Neves, you've got um, James Madison, I think it is. Um, so, you know, there's players that can come in there and, and can do a job and can fill the depth if it's required. And, you know, as Tom pointed out, if we have those injury crises again, there's players there that, that could do a job. So, Tom, for you, what what is it that, you know, is it a case of quality, as Astra said? Is it a case of that being the main issue, or is it is it that that's the overwhelming underlying issue, but squad depth still needs to be addressed? I think it's I think it's a bit like I mean the way when I talk about depth, what I mean is that we've got six mid, six central midfielders, all of whom are of a similar quality. So if someone drops out of that midfield, someone else can pretty much come in. So and that's what we talk about when we talk about depth. So I think I think when you look at depth, if we were to lose. If, if we start with our all of our central midfielders fit, if we lose one of them, it's not a big deal. Um, with our defence, if we lose one of our eight eight defenders, eight or nine defenders, if we lose one of them, apart from Van Dijk, it's not a big deal. That's what I mean when I talk about depth. And in defence, we don't have those issues. In the front three, I don't think we're short in the front three. I don't think we're massively short in the front three in the sense that we can stick out the best front three in, in world football. So I, don't, I think the fact that we can keep sticking those lads out. And I mean, we talk about being lucky with injuries. Brundage talks about this all the time. Injuries are not luck. They are, but they're not. We've, bought, we've got a front three who don't get injured. We've got Bobby Firmino and Mo Salah who do not get injured. Those are, they are two individuals who don't get injured. Look at our midfield. Lalana, he's massively injury prone. Henderson, massively injury prone. Oxley Chamberlain, massively injury prone. Chan to when it, Chan isn't, isn't really, but has been picking up a couple of niggles over the last couple of years. So, you know what I mean? If you've got three, three central midfielders, who are all very susceptible to injuries, you can't be surprised when suddenly you end up with three with three central midfielders on the operating table. Do you know what I mean? For me, the issue is is twofold. You've got to buy quality. And for me, that's the big issue here. You've got... I think quality is a bigger issue than depth because I don't think that depth is the reason we've dropped, we've drawn 12 games. The reason we've drawn 12 games a season is that, our, is that we haven't had Van Dijk for most of it and we've been playing Mignolet for a lot of it. So we need... Oh, well, we need another, we need another good enough set. We need another title winning centre back. That's the truth. We need two, you need two centre backs who are good enough to win the title. We only have one. That's not a depth issue. That's a quality issue. Again, I, I agree with a lot of what Ash says in midfield. I think he's maybe a bit harsh on midfield, but I think he's right about we need someone in that midfield. And I think midfield is an interesting issue because I think we've been, I think here's the thing. You look at Klopp's plan at the start of the season. Klopp plans to start the season with Naby and Coutinho in that midfield. The Naby thing goes balls. Up, that's fine. You can wait a year for Naby. You don't need to sign someone to replace Naby when he's coming in in 12 months' time. Fine. Just get Coutinho. Keep Coutinho for another year. Everything works out. Coutinho, the thing is, Coutinho fills such a massive hole in this squad in terms of depth because he's a quality central midfielder and a quality winger and there's nothing we can do about that because he he did not have the attitude that, that was required to be at this football club and that's the simple truth. He was... He did not have the right mental. He was not in the right place mentally, and that's every bit of slight on him because it's entirely his fault. 
Um, and I don't think he was justified in the way he acted at all. So I think that's entirely Coutinho deciding deciding just to screw over Klopp. Uh, and that has left a hole. That has left a hole in our midfield and has left a hole in our attack. Because if we can, if we've got op- the option of Coutinho and Oxley Chamberlain in that front three, we have got quality options in that front three. Um, and that is an issue. But I think the other thing is it, it was nigh on impossible to replace Coutinho. That's the that's the most annoying thing because when he decided he wanted to leave, it was too late in the window to replace him. Then you can't buy a player of Coutinho's quality in January if you're not expecting him to go. That's the issue. That, that for me, is the big problem. And maybe we should have prepared better for the possibility of having to replace him in January. But the way he kicked up a stink, for me, was completely unacceptable. And that's the reason that we are in the situation we're in now. Um, I, think we will, I think we will buy attacking depth in the summer. And this, comes, this, for me, comes back to the key point. Which is, I don't think that the squad depth has had a big impact on our season. In the sense that I think we drop points in a lot of league games where we would have dropped points anyway. Or if you, because a lot of those games where we've drawn have been somewhere close to our best 11, and they have been in situations where you would argue we didn't necessarily need to rotate the best 11, or the best 11 weren't rotated, if that makes sense. So I don't think, even if you get our, even if we have, say, Coutinho for the full season, and then Sturridge play up front for the full season somewhere near his best, and maybe, maybe you know, uh, Lalana doesn't get injured, I still don't think we, we make up that gap, because I don't think there's enough quality in our starting 11. I think that's an entirely separate issue. Um, and I, cer- I certainly think maybe the, I, this, it always comes back to me is the domestic cups. Could we have won a domestic cup if we had a couple more good options? Yeah, maybe. I don't really care that much about a domestic cup though in the, in the grand scheme of things. Because in the scheme of things, we've got, we've achieved our primary, I think, well, probably, fingers crossed as we talk about the front. The primary aim was top four. I don't think a lack of squad depth is going to cost us top four. So it's irrelevant. I don't think, you know, we're in a Champions League final. So clearly a lack of squad depth there isn't going to hurt us. The only way we're going to get hurt by squad depth is if one of the front three picks, a, picks up an injury in the next few weeks. That's the only way. And I, I don't think at this stage of the season it's that likely, because I think all three of them have been are, are, are very good at avoiding injury. So I think we've got to the stage of the season where, ultimately, it might cost us. But I think the fact is it hasn't cost us. And I don't think that the fact that it hasn't cost us is luck. I think the fact that it hasn't cost us is because things aren't as bad as people make them out to be. Yeah, it's, a, it's an interesting point, and I think a lot of the issues we're raising will probably be addressed in the summer in terms of new people coming into the squad and helping to offset the the, the potential over-reliance on someone like Firmino, someone like Salah and Mane as well. So, you know, it, it's interesting to, to see and to see what Klopp does and what Liverpool do in terms of the summer and the transfer window, who they bring in, where, uh, and the future of many players, you know, Joe Gomez, is he going to become a centre-back? Is he going to stay as a right-back? That obviously has implications for depth. And, you know, do we need someone, therefore, to fill in the centre? What's happening with Emery Chan? That type of thing. So, while completely, as we've said, quality and depth is, is a separate issue, I think, as Ash said, the reason why people are having such problems and such issues with this idea that Liverpool don't have depth is the drop-off when you get some ranking. Fair play to him. I thought he was really, really good against West Brom in particular. He showed good movement. He, you know, tracks back. He, he was doing the, fam- you know, to, of the game, if you like. But there's still a drop off in quality that Liverpool need to address if they're to, to go that step to be, you know, in the domestic cup competitions, to be in with a chance of, of, you know, challenging for the Premier League title or whatever. So that needs to be looked at this summer as well. And, you know, Ash, how, how crucial do you think it is to address that? 
No, some excellent points there, Leanne. It's absolutely important to address it. Um, it's fundamental, you know, for us to, as I say, I want to see this team winning the league title sooner rather than later. Um, so, you know, we do need to constantly keep improving. Um, but part of that, you know, is a massive part of that is actually just keeping a stable squad. And this was certainly a stable first 11, if there is such a thing. Um, but I think, I think, we, you know, when all said and done, if we were to say, okay, what were the targets for this season? You know, top four would have been one of them and maybe quarterfinals. Most people were talking about quarterfinal of Champions League and looks like we're going to exceed that already. And if you'd said we we're going to achieve that without Coutinho, without the likes of Sturridge, without Emery Chan for X amount of games, however many games it is, without Lalana, you know, Klopp's done an amazing job actually, all things considered. And I think kind of coming back to Tom's article really, um, the depth has, you know, Klopp's proven so far, certainly, that the, the squad is deep enough and certainly good enough for what we're trying to achieve now. Not necessarily good enough to achieve what we might want to achieve in one year's time, two years' time. But for now, the squad is perfectly acceptable in terms of what um, expectations Klopp has. And I think, you know, he's done a remarkable job there. So, you know, I think he's a lot of brownie points, you know, for, for what he's shown, his ability on the training ground, you know, his ability to keep the harmony, keep keep uh, players fit, you know, the key players fit as well, managing that uh, through rotation and so on. So he's he's learning all the time and that's that's positive. Um, but one thing I would say, uh, yeah, the, the, the other thing I wanted to say actually was um, in terms of criticising Klopp, if we're going to criticise Klopp, we can criticise him if we say that Klopp deliberately or planned to lose Coutinho and not replace him, for example. Uh, but none of these things were planned. You know, these injuries weren't planned. Um, he's been quite unlucky with these injuries. Coutinho just decided to be a selfish so-and-so, you know, um, just right on the eve of the season, kicking up a stink. Now, that's his prerogative, but I thought he was very selfish. So a lot of these things are beyond Klopp's control. It certainly wouldn't have been planned. So I think... You know, he'll be wiser next season. He'll, you know, take into consideration some of the things that can suddenly throw a curveball at him um, and try and recruit accordingly. But I think we just need to be careful. We don't expect too much this summer as well because the final piece of the jigsaw, you know, we should be further ahead on points than we are at the moment. We should have top four wrapped up. We've been really screwed over by referees, for example, this season. Um, and I think disproportionately so compared to other teams. So I think we should, you know, we should be finishing second. We won't, but, you know, we're not too far away from Man City either. You know, we should probably be maybe maybe low 80s. You know, we should have finished the season low 80s. Whatever happens between now and the end of the season, obviously, you know, we, we've been messed up with injuries and so forth. But we are definitely capable of hitting, I would say, maybe low 80s in terms of points with this team. So when you look at winning the title, I mean, you know, City are going to have an exceptional season this season, but I don't think it's going to be a typical season. I think they'll struggle to repeat what they've done next season when they're less of a, not so much a surprise, but once teams get a bit better at, um, you know, playing against them and hopefully, you know, being a bit braver and, and that kind of thing. So, um, we're not that far away, but it's easier said than done to make bridge that cap now. Navigators coming in, but we lose a few, you know, um, so easier said than done, I would say, but Klopp's doing a great job and hopefully we can get top four, hopefully win Champions League and then, you know, if we can win the Champions League, my God, you know, what does that say in terms of uh, 
our potential going forward and the, the prospect of you know top young talent joining us. You know, it's going to do wonders for us. So yeah, fingers crossed we can actually see off Madrid because it would be you know magnificent achievement to win the Champions League without Phil Coutinho, without Emre Chan, potentially. You know, these kind of players. Um, unbelievable. You know, the potential, really. What I would say, and this is the, the final point from me, we, we're, I don't, we're not going to lose the title because we don't have a deep enough squad. At the moment, we don't have a title winning first 11. We don't have a title winning team. So to my point is that to talk about having a title winning squad that is fine, but we don't even have a, a title winning team yet. So what we need to do is we need to buy two or three players who are going to, well, maybe two, because I think Naby's one of those players, but we need to improve the 11 before we can start about talking about squad depth. For me, oh, yeah, definitely, obviously, definitely. obviously we need obviously we need an attacker there. I think the squad's good enough. Like, like yeah. I said, you know, the squad's good enough based on what we're trying to achieve now, which isn't the title, the top four. So, you know, Klopp's done a yeah. great job already. Yeah, and it, it does definitely down to uh, come down to quantity over quantity, really, as you just said there, Tom. So, we do need a few more bodies to help with potential injuries as, as we suffered um, in recent weeks, especially in midfield and being the front three getting injured and the implications that could have on Liverpool season. So adding adding players to the ranks is, is important, but adding quality players is you know what we really really need to do because that will diminish the drop off off that comes with rotation. Um, as was said earlier, you know navigator coming in, one of the midfielders is going to drop to the bench suddenly. That's greater depth. That's better quality players in the ranks, able to you know reduce that division between rotation and first team players so that sets us up nicely for domestic and European challenges um, go- going forth into next season and the- beyond so we'll wrap up then um, Ash I'll go to you for any plugs I think you did a piece on Bubach didn't you and his I did and departure and- yeah um, I wrote a piece on Bubach's departure uh, um, and I think you know it is a blow to lose someone so you know so integral as I said earlier integral part of Klopp's team um but at the same time, you know, based on what we've discussed, you know, this team does need to go up a level next season and moving forward. So maybe that presents an opportunity to, you know, bring someone in that brings a fresh perspective, you know, maintains that kind of gagan pressing identity, but makes us, you know, a bit, bit better on the ball and a bit closer to the, the way Man City play, so just shredding teams apart with the ball, um, rather than just being brilliant off the ball and pressing and all that sort of stuff. So I think. You know, as, as big a loss as it potentially is, and I'm not, I don't mean it negatively when I say this, but it's a real opportunity for Klopp. You know, sometimes you need a, a kind of change to be forced on you to uh, look at things with a fresh perspective, bringing someone new in. You know, it could make the difference. You know, if, if Klopp gets it right, it could make the difference between um, taking us from a genuine top four contender to a genuine title contender, which would be great. So, um, yeah, bad news, I think, overall, but. It's also a, a chance to, to to find someone different that could could make a, a difference and uh, you know help help this team continue its growth. And Tom, anything from you? Yeah, I was on the post match pod last night. I was very sleep deprived and very uh, high on life, so I was very all over the shop. But it was a really fun pod. Myself, Guy, and, and Sam Evans did it, so go give that a listen. And um, yeah, other than that, just the squad depth article. Give it a read. Uh, let me know your thoughts. Awesome. De- definitely a pod to, to listen to. And after a great 
and uh, joining us this week and to all those who contribute uh, to the Anfield Index website and of course to all of you listeners um, we'll be back next week Podcast Network.